This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Alrighty, welcome back to Brojo Online. And today we're going to talk about a really common social dilemma, especially for those who are introverted or for people with social anxiety or both. This dilemma that comes up when you feel like you have nothing good to say, that blank, that mind-going-blank sensation. I want to explore exactly what's happening there, and I want to start by planting a seed with you, which is that that's never actually happened to you. While you've certainly struggled to speak, don't get me wrong, you've never actually had nothing to say. You've never even had nothing good to say, but you believe it. You believe that that's occurred to you, and that that has become a reason for you to get awkwardly silent, or to start babbling, or to get into a real rut in a conversation. So we're going to unpack what this is today, because having nothing good to say is actually a a very superficial, surface-level consequence or side effect of a much deeper, darker core issue. If you can move the core issue, if you can change the beliefs underneath all of this, Running out of things to say will never be a problem for you ever again. I want to put it to you really clearly. I promise you there has never been a point in your life where you've had nothing to say. But there's probably been plenty of moments where you thought you had nothing to say. Let's have a look at what nothing good to say actually means. And I really want to emphasize certain language choices I'm using here. When I say nothing good to say, I emphasize the word good. Because underneath that, is a belief system where there are certain things you're allowed to say and certain things you're not. So certain things that are good to say and certain things that are bad. Getting to the point where you feel like you've got nothing to say usually means that by your subjective judgment, the truthful thing to say also is something that's in the not allowed box. Okay, So when the thing is that you've got to say, the thing that's clearly in your mind, the obvious truth as we'll talk about soon, When that is also in the not allowed category, or what I call the not allowed box, then technically speaking, you have nothing to say. So you've always got stuff to say, but whether or not you're allowed to say it is a completely different thing. And this can happen very quickly and and very subconsciously, so you're not even aware of assessing what it is that you've got to say. You just feel blocked. Whatever you've really got to say has already been deemed by your subconscious to be inappropriate or not allowed for whatever reason, and so in your conscious awareness it seems like there's nothing to talk about at all. You've just gone blank. Now what it means to go blank is different for different people. Some people seem to report genuinely having an emptiness of mind, of really no content appearing in conscious awareness to discuss. Others... It's more like so much noise that they can't pull a single cohesive thought out of it. Like if you spin all the colors and they go white, you ever seen that? Like if you've got this wheel with each color on it, if you spin that wheel really quickly, the wheel turns white by your vision. There can be that kind of sensation when you've got so much going on in your mind, so many emotions and thoughts, that it's like they can't get out the door. There's too many of them. Or it can be a mixture of both. Or it can be that simply all you've got is one pounding thought in your mind, but you're not allowed to say it. So technically you've got nothing to say. 
I want to skip ahead a few chapters to help you out with this. I promise you that most of the time when you've got nothing to say, what's really happening is emotional shame. Emotional shame. And what I mean by that is you have decided that whatever emotions are about to be provoked or are currently happening, either in you or the other person or both, are not allowed. They're wrong. They're bad. They're inappropriate. See, the content, the words and stuff we talk about, the language, all has this emotional theme to it. Whenever we're talking, there's an emotion behind what we're saying. And if that emotion, if, if the emotion you're experiencing is not allowed, then all the content that goes with it is automatically not allowed. So if, for example, you're in a conversation and you feel sadness, and sadness is in your not allowed box, you're not allowed to express sadness, or you're not allowed to make anyone else feel sad, or no one's allowed to be sad ever, then any content that sadness comes up with to talk about is also not allowed. You're not allowed to talk about that thing that bummed you out. You're not allowed to talk about your dog dying, whatever. So all the content related to sadness is also not allowed. So if you're filled with sadness, you really will have nothing to talk about. But the truth is you do have stuff to talk about, you're just not allowed to talk about it. So the first seed I really want to plant with you here like that is for you to start becoming aware of what you have to say that you're not allowed to talk about. And stop believing the thought, I have nothing to say. The truth is, you have nothing you're allowed to say by your own rules. You've always got something to say. But if you're so strongly not allowed to, it's almost like you can't. Right? You can't even imagine breaking that rule. Talking about the sadness with that guy from your work who's always joking all the time. Whatever it is, that rule that you've got that says this one's off the table, I'm not allowed to discuss it, can create a sensation of having nothing to say. But you've actually got plenty to talk about. And because you're always experiencing some form of emotion, you've always got thoughts, and you're always observing something, then you've always got something to talk about. Always. So if you feel like you've got nothing to talk about, you've managed to convince yourself that whatever's available to talk about is not allowed. And you'll notice that when this happens, you start scraping the barrel, looking for anything to fucking say to fill this awkward silence that's been forming, either in reality or inside your mind. And you start kind of grabbing at things. Now, some people just really blank out and they can't think of anything, and they stutter and stumble and run away. What most people do is they go through a brief, agonizing, awkward silence, and then they throw out, any random piece of superficial material they can, usually a question, to just try and get the the momentum going again. And what this usually leads to is something I've come to call the positivity rut. Now some people can even start in this. Now what the positivity rut is, is being on this autopilot during a conversation where you're constantly trying to keep emotions in the pleasurable range. Okay, you're trying to keep people happy to simplify it, actually oversimplify it. So a positivity rut is whenever you feel like the conversation or the feelings during the conversation are heading towards the not allowed box, you start to take preventative measures to keep things light and happy and superficial. And what this does is it can actually lead to being, like I say, autopilot. You can become someone who just talks this way and it doesn't even feel like it's fake. What you'll notice if you really pay close attention is 
you aren't talking about a lot of what's happening in your life. You know, you're not sharing a lot of the dark, twisted, fucked up things that are happening. You're only talking about the small slice of the pie, the good stuff. Or if you can't find any of that in your own life, you seek to find it in other places to talk about good things happening around you. The positivity rut can also include, like, especially when it's male to male, two men speaking. It can include these really non-controversial technical topics. Like we ran a workshop the other day and two guys got stuck in a like 15 minute conversation about different types of watches and about different types of trains. You know, these are really like low controversy topics that require no emotional investment that tell you nothing about either of the conversationalists. You could talk about this stuff for weeks and not get to know each other. So that's stuff that I'd include in the positivity rut. Anything that's safe to talk about, anything that doesn't evoke emotion, that doesn't create a connection. Anything that you could read from a magazine and feel equally connected. This is often our go-to strategy when we get into that nothing-to-say space. We go, what's something good to say? And by good we mean positive, unemotional, or happy. Safe, non-controversial, keep this thing going, keep the noise going. Anything rather than difficult emotions, potential rejection, discomfort, confrontation vulnerability what you're really saying when you say i've got nothing to say is that i'm only allowed to talk about positive things i'm only allowed to talk about things that i deem to be safe and and prevent me from going through any uncomfortable emotions you can even get people who speak like this in a negative way by your judgment so somebody who's complaining all the time that's actually their positivity rut they like this the set of emotions that come with a complaining What they might not enjoy is happiness, excitement, curiosity, responsibility. They might not enjoy certain sensations that are away from the complaining space. So that's just their rut. It's no different to somebody who only talks about the sunshine on their holiday, or the person who's always trying to look for the good in things. They're just in a rut that keeps them away from the not allowed box. See, the complainer, they're not allowed to talk about things going well. They're not allowed to acknowledge that they are responsible for their own pain. They're not allowed to talk about, you know, how we're all humans and we all suffer together. That's no different from someone who's not allowed to talk about being angry. Or someone who's not allowed to talk about being sexually attracted. We've all got things that we think we're not allowed to talk about. And we've all, we're all subjective with that. We've each got a different set of ingredients in that box. Nothing to say is when... The conversation has led us towards only talking about what's in that box. And we're desperate to stay away from it. So we create this positivity rut. We create this way of the style of conversation. Where we don't go anywhere near the box. We just keep it light. You can see this in the workplace. People who banter all the time. They just take the piss out of each other and have a laugh. You know, good old lads having a laugh all the time. It's a secret and very effective strategy to make sure that nobody goes anywhere near talking about anxiety, depression, rejection, sexual performance, any of the tough topics, right? It's nothing short of manipulation. So what you've really got to keep in mind here is this is all about control. This nothing to say problem is a symptom of a belief that you must be in control. And by in control, what I mean is You must manage the emotions of yourself and anyone else in the presence of you 
to a certain range that you've deemed to be okay. So if you're a complaining type, then it's miserable emotions. And if you're the positivity person, then it's happy emotions. And if you're the pretend to be cool person, it's the like low emotions, so like no, no feeling at all, sarcasm, that kind of thing. You'll have your little thing that you're trying to control. You're trying to keep everyone in a certain range because you're scared of going into everything that's outside of that range. All, all the stuff outside of that little safe range for you is in your not allowed box. So you're managing emotions, you're managing approval, you're managing relationships, you're avoiding rejection and dis- discomfort, except for the few people who only uh, create rejection and discomfort, like that's their safe space. There's just this little rut you're trying to stay in. And that's fine, if you want to do that, so be it. I mean, you're going to miss out, but that's up to you. What I want to point out is that you never actually got nothing to say. It's just things you've got to say you've deemed as being shameful and not allowed. If you're being overly positive, you're probably being fake. Life's not that good. But if you're being overly negative, then you're probably being inaccurate, because life's not that bad either. So take a look at what you do. What's the rut you tend to get into? Do you tend to banter? Do you tend to talk about boring technical topics? Do you tend to ask a lot of questions and not give much about yourself? Do you tend to adjust to whatever the other person enjoys talking about? What is the rut that you like to get into? For me personally, my old one was comedy. No matter what we talked about, I tried to make it funny. And my secondary backup was interesting. So I tried to outdo people with um, fantastic stories or amazing facts or whatever. So funny and interesting, those were allowed. But if the conversation ever went anywhere near something outside of that range... I would bring it back. So if someone was getting sad, I'd cheer them up with comedy. If someone was getting bored, I would interest them with with amazing stories. I'd never let them be sad or be bored. And I wouldn't allow them to see me being that way either, with some rare exceptions. So those were the ruts I'd get into. That was my little positivity rut. What's yours? I want you to take a moment right now. Look back over the last few conversations you've had. There are even people in the self-development space that get into like a spirituality rut. Like they can't even have a joke. Everything has to be this deep dive, right? The overanalyst rut, where everything needs to be pulled apart. We all get into ruts where we don't allow ourselves a range. What's yours? This brings us to something that I think I've made up myself. Most of my ideas are somewhat an amalgamation or a synergy of other people's. But this one's all mine, I think. The obvious truth. When you get to the point when you've got nothing to say, what's really happening is there's something very obvious to say, but you're not allowed to say it. The obvious truth is that thing that you're not allowed to say. And what happens, even if you've got a lot of noise in your head, there's usually this one really obvious thing to say, but because you're not allowed to say it, you go into problem-solving mode. Instead of expression mode, which is just letting things out as they occur, you go into this mode where you're trying to work around or through or under this obvious truth. You're trying to say something better than the truth. And you'll notice this, for example, if you're on a date and you're feeling really anxious, but anxiety is not allowed to be talked about, you'll notice yourself scrambling to come up with better things to talk about than anxiety. But the anxiety is obvious. Like if all you got to do is stop for a second and go, how do I feel? Boom. Anxiety. It's so clear to you, right? 
That's what I mean by obvious truth. If you just stop for a second and acknowledge the thing you're not allowed to talk about, it's very clear what that thing is. Quite often you'll know it because you can see a problem-solving process taking place inside your head. You know, I had uh, a girl at the workshop the other weekend. She said, oh, I'm always the one to initiate sex and I feel that guys are worried that, you know, I'll emasculate them, you know, like they should be the one starting it because they're the man. You know, how do, how do I make sure they're not worried? That's a problem-solving process she's going through. Rather than just telling the guy, I'm worried that this is going to emasculate you. Instead of just expressing it, she's trying to figure out some sort of answer that means she doesn't have to express it. A workaround. And you'll notice this when you're talking. When you're trying to solve any kind of problem socially, when you're trying to do anything other than just speak your mind then some obvious truth has come up that you're not allowed to talk about. Now, remember, you're the one who decided you're not allowed to talk about it. Each person has their own box full of different stuff. It's totally subjective. Now, you'll tell yourself there are legitimate things you're not allowed to talk about. I'm so not allowed to talk about my sex life with my boss. Yet, that's not written into your contract. There's no law around it. Yet. (laughs) The way society's going. You had to kind of make that one up. There's nowhere where it's written. And even if it is written somewhere, you still decided to obey it. So your not allowed box is full of stuff that you put in there. No one else put it in there. They might have suggested it to you, conditioned you, programmed you, punished you, bullied you. They would have given you a lot of reason to fill up that box full of stuff, but you're the one who filled it up. Okay. So the obvious truth is when something comes out of that box, when it sneaks on out and tries to filter its way into this interaction, this connection you're having, and you try to work around it. So when you notice problem solving coming up in any way, shape or form inside your mind during an interaction, you know you're trying to avoid something. And the question you've got to ask yourself is, what? What am I trying to get around here? What's the one big thing in front of me that I'm refusing to look at? When you ask that question, most of the time the answer will be really clear. Now I want to point out at this stage, you're still not under no obligation to express it. The main point of this podcast is to show you the truth, which is you've never had nothing to say. And you never will have nothing to say again in the future. You've always got something to talk about. And if you don't believe me, put it this way. Saying... I have nothing to say, is something to say. So there you go. You've always got at least that to say. So your problem is you're trying to solve something rather than express it. And I promise you from the bottom of my heart that this is one of the number one barriers to you having a meaningful connection with people. Instead of just talking things through with them, you try to get it all done and wrapped up inside your mind first. You try to get around it or you try to prepackage it. You try to fix it. But see, the thing is, you can only do that if you're imploring a strategy of some kind, if you're trying to manipulate someone. If it doesn't matter how this thing works out, then you can say anything. If it does matter how it works out, then you're not really connecting, you're manipulating. Now, we all do this, there's nothing to be ashamed of, but just take a second to notice that. You know, if you haven't allowed yourself the, the freedom for this conversation to go badly, so to speak then you're not really having a conversation because you've already put a massive limit on honesty. 
honesty is only allowed if it serves a greater purpose. And the greater purpose isn't to connect with this person. But maybe it's to make them like you. It's to create a relationship. It's to get laid. It's something beyond just connecting with them. So again, to simplify it, if you think you've got nothing to say, what's really happening is you're emotionally attached to manipulating the person. That's why you've got nothing to say. Because the only thing you can say wouldn't manipulate them very well. You know, it's a high risk move. It's high stakes. They might not like you after this, etc. One of the key ones that's going to come up for you is this what if. What if this upsets them? What if it offends them? What if they don't like that? You know, what if I talk about that and it brings up trauma for them? What if they tell everybody? And instead of expressing that you're worried about this what if, you go to solve it in your head. Yet you can easily just express it to them. You can say, look, there's something I want to tell you, but I'm worried that you will X, Y, Z. I'm worried that you'll get offended. I'm worried that you'll get angry. I'm worried that you'll tell all your friends. That is something to say, and that's the obvious truth. You've got the thing you want to say, but the more obvious truth is you're scared of saying it. So being scared of saying it is the thing to express. You've always got that thing. If you feel like a barrier between you and the thing you want to say, it's the barrier that needs to be discussed. You don't need to go straight to the thing you want to say. You can talk about how it's hard for you to say it. That is something to talk about. When it comes to this kind of conversation, I call it revealing the strategy. When you notice yourself strategizing inside your head, problem solving, trying to work around something, you can just tell them about it. I had a coaching conversation just this morning with a guy, and he told me, man, I've been, there's a girl I'm really into, I've been trying to think of like some good reason to get in touch with her again and, you know, see her. And he's sitting there trying to think of a good reason, that's the strategizing. I said, well, just tell her that you've been sitting there trying to think of a good reason to get in touch with her. She'll fucking love it, if she likes you. He doesn't need to think of a good reason to get in touch with her. He just needs to tell her that he's struggling to think of a good reason to get in touch with her. That's the most obvious truth. You can show the strategy you're using, and it becomes the most interesting thing to talk about. You'll be amazed at the conversations you have with people when you reveal to them that you're actually on your way towards manipulating them. I, I remember, I've, I've told this story before, one of the first times I ever did this was I was telling a really funny story to a group of people, they're all laughing, and halfway through the story I came to the sudden awareness that I was making it up. I was talking about it as if it had really happened, but it was a totally made up bullshit story. I was pretty good at creating stories that were complete fictions back then. And for some reason a bolt of like integrity, lightning hit me, and I just told them that. I said, oh my god, I've been telling you this story as if it's true, but it's totally bullshit, just to make you laugh. And they just laughed even harder. That was the funniest thing I could have said. So I, I got to see in that moment that I didn't need to actually continue with the strategy once I noticed it. I could just call it out. And they'd be cool with it. Or at least the people who are good with me would be cool with it. Other people aren't, but fuck them, I don't need them in my life. If you've got concerns coming up, show the concerns rather than trying to prevent them or solve them. You know, if you're like, oh my god, you know, this person's so miserable right now, but all I can think of is my own problem, say that. Look, I'd love to share some of my problems with you, but I can see you're so miserable, I'm worried I'm going to make it worse. Rather than thinking like, how can I talk about my problem without upsetting them, or should I leave my problem to later, what's a good time, you know, how can I strategize this and control this person's emotions? Just let go of all that. 
you can say to people, look, I can see I was trying to make you happy. I was trying to make you like me. I was trying to avoid you getting offended. You can show all that concern rather than trying to work through it. There's an analogy I use when it comes to real deep and meaningful conversation. Cooking. You go to a restaurant. You sit at the table and they bring you this perfectly plated piece of food. Everything's already cooked. You don't really know what went into it. You're just seeing the final presentation. It's all perfect and it's delicious. And this is how most people talk. They secretly prepare this perfect piece of conversation and they sort of deliver it to you. Polished and pristine. Nothing out of place. A confident person comes to your table, grabs you by the hand and takes you to the kitchen to watch it all being made. To see the ingredients going into it. To see what was thrown out. To see which bits of meat had gone off but were still kept on the plate. To show you everything. In terms of of a conversation, this is about the sort of shameless, unapologetic way of speaking where you just go, look, before I was going to say this, this is what was happening inside me. And getting to the point where you actually talk about it as it is happening, as you're cooking the meal. To be able to say things like, right now I'm trying to come up with a good way to tell you I'm attracted to you so that you'll still like me afterwards and I won't seem creepy. So you're actually showing them the process of you thinking before you've even arrived at a final thought, before the the food's even plated up. It's the most vulnerable and yet attractive way to speak. You're kind of two birds with one stone. You're totally honest, full integrity, and it's the most likable conversation because when you talk like that, I often think about it as like opening up your forehead. They get to see inside your brain and it makes you the most trustworthy person in the room. They don't need to worry about you at all because they know whatever's going on in you will be fully revealed. You talk like that, instant trust is formed. And so it should be, because there's nothing being hidden. Even if you're going to manipulate them, you'll let them know about it. They never have to worry about it. They don't have to protect themselves from you. They don't have to prepare themselves for a betrayal or a disappointment. Everything will be easy to expect and anticipate. But you've got to have a nothing-to-lose kind of mindset when it comes to speaking this way. You can't be apologetic about the way the food is cooked or about the ingredients you're using. You have to be shameless. You have to say, this is the way I'm thinking. This is how humans think. If you can't handle that, get the fuck out. You know? And you can say things to that effect when somebody reacts weird to the way you speak. You say, look, this is me trying to be honest. If you don't like people being honest, then we probably shouldn't hang out. I'm not always going to say things you like to hear. If that's not like allowed in your style of friendship, then we can't be friends. I have to be allowed to be not perfect with you, just like you're allowed to be not perfect with me. If you've got no room for that, then uh, let's call this off now before one of us gets hurt. Being prepared to speak like that, to be able to lay down the thing like, this is my honesty. It's not always pretty and sometimes it's fucking weird. If you want to be my friend, those are the fucking terms. Those are the conditions. If you're cool with that, I'll be the best friend you ever had. If you're not, let's end this now. And I expect the same from you. The importance here, if you get into an autopilot positivity rut, you're trying to strategize and solve problems rather than just express the obvious truth, if you really feel like you've got nothing to say, the importance of taking the time to respond Because autopilot is what it sounds like. You're automatically responding. It's just like a pre-written script and your brain just throws it at people. 
Whereas authentic conversation is you come up with something each time in the moment, you look for the obvious truth and you try to express it as best you can. In very practical terms, take a moment of silence before you respond to people. I recommend going up to five seconds. It'll feel like a fucking lifetime. But the first automatic pilot response will pop up and then you just let it go and see what the obvious truth is hidden behind it. When the person goes, yeah, I came in on the train. And your first thought is like, oh, trains, we can talk about trains. You go, wait, wait a second. Is trains the most obvious thing happening to me? No, the most obvious thing happening to me is I'm worried that we're about to get into a superficial conversation. So I say, look, I hear you. I just, I'm really scared right now that we're about to get into a superficial conversation about trains. You got anything else going on we can talk about? Or whatever. So you can take that few seconds to just let your brain throw up the real obvious truth for you. You don't have to do this all the time, you know. Just be wary uh, around people that you're most likely to be fake with, the ones you're most likely to get into a rut with. This is where you need to consciously turn on this process and practice it. When you're around your best friend or your parents or whomever it is that you feel safe with, let yourself off the hook, have a holiday, right? But that most people you'll get into this little rut with. Anybody that you run out of things to say with are the people you need to practice on. So in this moment, you need to click off the autopilot, figure out what the fuck the obvious truth is, express it as best you can, just one thing, and then let them respond. For those of you worried about oversharing or whatever, as long as you only talk about one obvious truth, and then shut the fuck up after that so it's their turn, you'd never have to worry about oversharing. Okay? And if you're ever worried about oversharing, you say, I'm worried about oversharing. You don't try and solve the problem, you just express it. Let them give you feedback. They'll let you know if you're going too much. I want to finish up with some practical tips. Number one, you can say things like, I don't want to say what I'm really thinking. Or, I'm blocked. Or, I'm drawing a blank. Or, I want to be truthful but I don't know what the truth is right now. Or, I'm too emotional to speak. You can say all of that stuff. You can talk about the barriers to talking. Sometimes that's all you've really got to work with, is that you can't think of anything better to say, therefore you're blocked, you've got a barrier up, so talk about the barrier. As you get more sophisticated over time, you'll be able to talk about the emotion behind that barrier. I'm blocked because I'm angry, or I'm blocked because I'm confused, I don't want to say what I'm thinking because I'm feeling quite sad right now and it might make me cry. You can say stuff like that, you don't have to say everything you're thinking, but you never have nothing to say. And I certainly recommend saying that is better for your self-worth and confidence over time than lying or pretending to talk about something that's less of importance to you. It's better to say, I'm too scared to tell you the truth right now than it is to lie. Because when you lie, then your fear is dismissed, your truth is shamed, and your self-worth plummets. Another practical tip is Take time out before you get into an interaction, every time you've got the opportunity to sort of prepare, to recognize what kind of goals and attachments and neediness and strategies you're going in with. And try to consciously just leave them at the door. Now, you're on a date, or you're waiting, and she shows up, you walk, she walks through the door, and you get that little sort of excitement, panic jolt, as you're like, oh my god, she showed up. Just recognize, okay, I must be attached to this working out. I must be attached to like sex or approval or just having a good time or something. And just let out a breath and go, just going to leave that. You know, as much as I want it, let's just be willing to lose it. 
maybe it won't happen and that's okay let's just see what will actually happen you know leave that at the door and try to just connect through honesty instead and whenever you get validation during a conversation where they seem to be liking you you might have to leave it at the door again the neediness will come back I so often there's so many guys I work with where you know uh, let's say the guy's like chronically single and struggled with women his whole life and after a bit of this kind of work women start to really find him attractive because he's so vulnerably honest and bold and interesting he finally gets a girlfriend suddenly goes full 180 back to being like a people pleaser who's fake and runs out of things to say you know you have to keep letting go you can't just let go once and hope it lasts forever you got your neediness is going to keep coming back mine does I occasionally like if my girlfriend's upset i feel this neediness to fix her you know and sometimes it wins but other times i catch and go fuck i'm doing it again and i try to let it go and usually i let it go just by being honest about it i can say i'm trying to fix you again you know and that brings me back to kind of this healthy zero point there's nothing wrong you can say with honesty you can only say something wrong if you have goals and attachments and strategies wrong requires a right but being honest is just being honest there's no right or wrong there so if you're worried about saying the wrong thing you're attached to a strategy figure out what it is let it go tell them about it get back to healthy zero if you know what you want to say but you're not sure how to say it just try to get it out as best you can make a mess and then clean it up rather than trying to deliver the perfect meal show them the cooking process same guy I coached this morning did something similar where he didn't know what to say He was trying to say and he couldn't find the right words, but instead of like trying to get it perfect, he said, "Look, I'm trying to find the right words. I'm not sure how to say this." So you can say it like that. You can say it in this messy way first. You know, so often where I'll be expressing myself with someone, I'm like, "Wait, is that what I really mean? Hang on, give me a second. What am I fucking saying?" And I'm just sort of showing them my process as I try to work through to what the truth is, rather than just sitting there in silence, putting together this perfect sentence inside my head. speak fluidly let it come out and whatever messy way and then afterwards you can rearrange it and fix it up okay that's fine but it doesn't need to be perfect before it comes out and my last real practical tip this is kind of like a meta version of the the most obvious truth call it the elephant in the room normally in any situation of high anxiety socially or stress or whatever there's just this one big thing that you're not talking about And if you could just get that fucking thing out of the way, you'll be able to relax for the rest of the interaction or the rest of the evening, whatever. A common common example that comes up is attraction. So you go into a party, you start talking to someone, you realize you're attracted to them, and this thing fucking hangs over you for the rest of the night. You constantly have to work around it and try to avoid it and ignore it and try to think of something better to say because you're just not allowed to get this one big thing out. What I did for that exact problem was I went through a phase of quickly telling everyone I was attracted to how I felt about them as the first thing to say. Like within the first 5 seconds of I was attracted to someone, that was one of the first things I told them. And I was just so much relief after that. It wasn't to make them like me. It was so that I don't have to fucking think about it. I'm like that's out of the bag now. That's done. Now I can carry on. Now if I do anything weird, they'll know why. You know, they'll know I've got this attraction. It makes me a bit whatever, awkward. If you're angry with someone, get that out of the way first. If you're in a meeting full of people and you feel intimidated by their power status, make that one of the first things you mention at the meeting. 
so that it's just out of the way and you don't have to think about it. Then, being honest will be a breeze, because the worst thing's already out and you survived. Anything else after that seems like nothing in comparison. Hope that was helpful. For those of you looking to be more honest and get to a point where you never run out of things to say, you can get in touch with me. You can do some work on it, dan at brojo.co.nz. Share this around if you found it enjoyable, and get out there and practice saying the most obvious truth. And you'll never run out of things to say again. Catch you up next time. Cheers.